Hey guys, it's Max. How is everyone? I hope you guys are all really good. Welcome to episode 10, um, season two, the Flippy Wig podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to some cool people currently working in the entertainment industry. People that have been so very transparent about their stories, sharing their highs, their lows. Um, what keeps them so driven and passionate and doing something that sometimes gets really hard. The other thing that I've really appreciated with this season of the podcast is I really delved a little bit deeper and wanted to hear from people on their mental health because a lot of times successful people we see them living their best life and very few people um, think that they still go through tough times and sometimes it's that whole thing of the grass being greener so it's been really helpful interesting also just really good to hear the people talk about well actually even when I'm doing really well things can still be quite crap and this is how I deal with those crappy days um, if you've missed any of my guests I've had some awesome people people working in film in music also um, in sports please do catch up on the chats because I think that they'll definitely give you loads of food for thought and hopefully some support and guidance and inspiration if you're needing some because I know there are times when I am feeling all over the place and the first thing I do is go to my podcast list and I just look at certain podcasts um, that give me inspiration and get me through those tough times. So this is the final episode for this season. Don't worry, guys, I will be back, but it's time to take a little break. A girl needs to recharge and reflect for season three. I not only host this podcast, I produce it, I source the guests, and it's really important for me to look at what you guys um, have enjoyed um, and just kind of really think about what I want to do with the next season. During the little break period, you can always connect with me on my social media, also over on my blog, flipyourwig.net, so there are always ways to communicate I can promise you this week's podcast is packed. I hope I can get through all of it. (laughs) I've managed to incorporate my love for film and music. Documentaries about musicians. We watch them, we love them, and we get to see a whole other side of some of the world's freshest and biggest stars. Coming up, Billie Eilish on Bearing All in her film, A Blurry Little World with Apple TV. It's cool to be kind of validated that your life matters and means something, but it's incredibly intrusive and disturbing. I also chat to acclaimed directors Nick Broomfield and Michael Winterbottom about the process and the journey they go on personally while making their documentaries. So I usually wake up in a car park in a, in a lovely city like Manchester or Belfast or wherever, like in a car park at about four or five in the morning and you, there's no shower on the bus so you have to wait for the venue to open. So you then go into what is a back of a sort of gloomy old venue. This week, I watched Emmy Lovato's Dancing with the Devil. Um, it was incredibly intimate and also shocking in parts. It's currently on YouTube as a four-part series. You have to be this icon. Mental health is something that we all need to talk about. I don't even know why I'm sober anymore. Guys, it's super intense. I watched it this week and I will be sharing my thoughts and we're going to be hearing from Demi Lovato later on the podcast. But first, I want to talk to you guys about this new documentary, Framing Britney Spears. It's the story of the singer's rise as a global pop superstar. I mean, we've all heard of Britney, right? It also tells the story of her downfall uh, becoming a cruel national sport for the world's media to literally stalk this woman. People close to Britney and lawyers connected to her controversial conservatorship look back at her career as she battles her father, the courts, for control of her life. What do we want? Free Britney! When do we want it? Now! What do we want? This is Free Britney 102, where we explore issues related to the Free Britney movement. The Free Britney movement is advocating for the end of Britney Spears' conservatorship. But a functioning woman that's been working nonstop, it just it doesn't make any sense. 
For those of you that are thinking, what is a conservatorship, Max? I'm confused. I didn't know much about it either till I watched this documentary. Now I know a lot more and it is definitely disturbing. Basically, it is something that happens when the courts decide because of your doctor and the people that are your next of kin that decide that you're not fit to make decisions for yourself. And that's what happened to Britney Spears back in 2008. This documentary was made by the New York Times and I don't think it would have happened if it hadn't been for this movement that Britney's fans started, the hashtag Free Britney movement. You can't go anywhere. Like if you go on Instagram, you go on Twitter, type in hashtag Free Britney and you'll see what the fans basically have been doing for the last few years to try and get Britney's power back. What I find shocking is this. If back in 2008, let's say Britney wasn't well enough to make those decisions herself, we're into 2021. Why hasn't she been supported to get better and to feel well enough to take that power back? That's something that absolutely makes me think, what the hell is going on here? Dear Brittany, my name is Elizabeth Dunan and I'm 29 years old. My name is James Miller and I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. My name is Jasmine. I'm 28 and I am a Scorpio from New Jersey. Dear Brittany. Dear Brittany. Dear Brittany. I'm so nervous. I'm like sweating. Your whole situation is consuming me now. I can't believe that it's just been this long and I, I didn't know. When I first started, I didn't know what I was doing. But every day you learn more and you gain more wisdom from that. Why is she still in this? Why is her dad making all of her decisions? I have always viewed the situation as something that I don't think would have ever happened to a man in America. Trust me, there are days that I have, I struggle with myself. I trust the system. I believe the law is aimed at actually protecting the conservative. There were things out there that have been said about me that aren't completely true. We stand up for you, Britney Spears, and we won't stop until you reach freedom. We follow the journey of Britney as a young kid in this documentary, winning TV shows with her singing and her full-of-life personality. We also get to see the darker side of fame. This is really uncomfortable to watch. The photographers and media stalking her and wanting that big headline at any cost. Watching it, I felt I could see how powerless she must have felt during interviews, public appearances, all whilst trying to navigate being a young mum. She was sexualised at such a young age. You see her as this little kid, like under 15, probably 11, 12 maybe, doing these big TV shows, winning, and then at the end, these old male TV hosts in their 60s asking her if she had a boyfriend and then saying, can I be your boyfriend? It was so inappropriate with people judging her for her choices and shaming her constantly. I definitely think this couldn't happen now. It's quite shocking to see what she went through and people were watching this on TV and nobody thought what the hell is going on. I had the pleasure of interviewing Britney about five years ago. And much like everybody else, I was a fan, grew up listening to her music. You know, she's this pop superstar. She was in the UK. I remember the excitement outside the building where I was interviewing her. The fans had turned up. She came in in this black tassel dress, heels on, great hair, smiling with so much people around her. I had no idea what was going on behind the scenes. She was super sweet, friendly and so fun to interview. I did find myself thinking there were a lot of people around her and almost watching closely how she was interacting, how she was answering her questions. But at the time, anybody that works in the same job as me, that's an interviewer, a host, a journalist, you get used to like the bigger the star, the more people around them and the more protective they are. So when they are watching the celebrity that you're interviewing um, and almost sort of mouthing how they should answer their questions, you never think, oh, it's because 
the person being interviewed doesn't feel like they're able to have full control of their own life it just feels like they're being protected and management publicists all these people around them are just worried that someone's going to ask a cheeky question to try and make a headline after watching this documentary however i can't help but think um what was actually going on in her mind because at that time she was under this conservatorship and during our chat which was so much fun I did see her constantly looking at her team's faces and eye contact and them almost like willing her to yep it's okay you can do that or you can answer that or you can't so it's interesting now in hindsight to look back at that time Paris Hilton is one of Britney's close friends. She's known her for years. She recently spoke out about the documentary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. After watching it, I feel that if you're an adult, you should be able to live your life and not be controlled. And I think maybe that stems from me being controlled so much so I can understand how that would feel. And I can't imagine right now if that was still happening to me. And after just working your whole life and working so hard and She's just this icon and I just feel like she has no control of her life whatsoever and I just don't think that's fair. It's super interesting hearing Paris talking because she not only is friends with Britney but in a way she can absolutely relate to going through something similar. Paris kind of always gave off this like really well put together socialite living the best life always dressed really well always smiling always looking beautiful having money being successful but she recently has opened up about her own mental health and some of the trauma that she'd gone through so i think it's just a really interesting time and, and a real reminder to all of us that none of us really know what is going on behind the scenes i recently started following britney on instagram and she's actually a joy to have on my timeline because most of the time she puts her videos dancing singing and playful stuff and talks about her children and throwback pictures from back in the day she also put up a comment recently that i don't know if it was directly connected with the documentary but it was about the same time when it when it premiered she said each person has their story and their take on other people's stories we all have so many different bright beautiful lives remember no matter what we think we know about a person's life it is nothing compared to the actual person living behind the lens wise words guys definitely take that into account when you're thinking about the next celebrity you see on social media and think wow their life looks so perfect you ever been to manchester no you ever been to york no have you ever been to Dublin? Yeah. You've been to Dublin? No. 
<laughs> it's the Flippy Rig Podcast. I'm Max, and this week I'm looking at how music documentaries allow us to see a whole other side to these acts that we love, we adore, that we're intrigued by. Imagine creating a film around a band's tour, but making it into an actual story with a couple of actors thrown in. Well, that's what Michael Winterbottom decided to do in his documentary dedicated to indie rock band Wolf Alice. It's called On The Road. Back in 2016, they were the hottest new band, Grammy, Brit nominations, all that good stuff. We get a unique look into the band's day-to-day routine, how they relax, interviews while trying to have some fun before they step out on stage in front of their devoted fan base. How much has your life changed? Not really ever going home. It's the biggest change, I suppose. It's quite hard. Michael, welcome to Flip Your Wig. Um, This was such a cool interesting way to make a music documentary because you had that element of actors within a story yeah the idea is like we see the tour from a point of view of, of a of a young woman who's just started work for the, with their management so it's the first time she's been out on a tour she's really doing sort of work experience yeah. so really we're with her that's we she's she's like our point of view and gradually i think she got to know the band so like we, the idea was hopefully that as she gets to know the band we get to know them a little bit as a director please tell me you had to slum it too yeah, you we were, were <laughs> on the bus. I, I was on the bottom bunk i, I foolishly said volunteers have the bottom bunk so i was like lying on the floor and the roof of my bunk was like three inches above my nose it was a nightmare, we, nightmare. i used to always think tour buses are so cool and so rock and roll but when it comes to showering and those normal things and using the toilet like did you always wait till you got to the hotel like what was the deal there was no hotel we were, oh, you were literally in the car park yeah we'd wake up so what, what was that I, I, I could sleep when the bus was mm. moving but not when it stopped you know so usually wake up in a car park in a, in a lovely city like Manchester or Belfast or whatever like in a car park at about four or five in the morning and you there's no shower on the bus so you have to wait for the venue to open so you then go into what is a back of a sort of gloomy old venue and trying to find a shower at the night. Me think he was like an expecto it was just pretend and then there was somewhere you lot were slipping into a posh hotel and showering. We did occasionally try and dive home as we weren't yeah. that far from home but generally speaking it was pretty authentic. I think it was pretty ambitious as well when you think about doing something like this and you write it on a piece of paper you're like uh, are they all going to play along because me if I was in a band I'd be like oh they're actors. But somehow everyone forgot there's actors, there's actually a real band, and it felt like it just became almost real. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, I mean, the idea of the actors is that, is that, we, you know, that we can be with them in moments which are private, you know, when yeah. they're by themselves, when they're becoming friends, when they're making love, whatever. And so we, that we have like, our intimate moments with them, but then we then use them to go out and be with the band so that we didn't have to get too, like, we were trying to avoid getting too annoying for the band and being too much in their face. So we were always with Estelle or with Joe, whatever, when we were with the band and the crew. And yeah, I think, I mean, with, even with the actors, we, we told them basically they had to like work as though they were you know, part of the crew. So they, they had the whole tour, which is like three and a half weeks, they were having to really just be members of the crew and get on with it and then we film them as well and I know it was a lot of um, I think a lot of stuff was spontaneous too and there was no like real thick sort of structure but you did have a few different things was there anything that went completely nuts and you were like we can't leave that in guys (laughs) No, I mean obviously you sh- we shot, shot a lot, so we shot like sixteen, uh, you know, c- gigs, and and so we obviously have you have a load of material you don't use. But I mean the the thing that was kind of most random was that that by bad luck for Theo, Theo the bass player, when he got back yeah. to London, like they're, they're real Wolf House, real London band, they got back to London, and then suddenly his yeah. arm had some like some some big swelling, had some sort of weird viral infection, I think, on his, his elbow. So then it, suddenly there was like a whole change of bass player for the for the for the concert. Yeah. You've got to take the rough of the smooth. It's life on the road for you. I bet this was really difficult to edit. I mean, the thing is that, that you know, when we started, started the idea, we'd met with band ages ago, it'd been telling us about their life, and they were always on tour. Yeah. You know, and there's one strand seemed to be very romantic and exciting. You know, you, 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 you're a young band, you, you know, wanted this all your life, you've got thousands of fans, who really, you know, love you everywhere you go. So part of that was exciting, but also, you know, part of it seemed like it'd be really hard work. And then doing the, filming the tour as well, you're incredibly aware that it is incredibly hard work. And we were from the point of view of the crew. So like they're having to get up kind of early in the morning, get all the gear in, they've got to do all the sound check, they've got the, the concert itself, then they've got to clear it out, and then they travel. So that, and I wanted to capture something of that. And for me, like, part of the thing which is most, like, absent in the film way, but we're trying to kind of refer to it, is that... Is it, that whether you like living in this bubble of the boss or not, yeah. you're away from your home, you're away from your family, you're away from your friends. And I wanted to have that sense of, you know, that that is tricky. So it felt like you had to have a certain amount of repetition to get that sense of this is, you know, actually, you know, this is their life. You know, we, we, for, for us, three weeks, was like, okay, we've got to get off this bus yeah. and go. It's, the crew would like go off on the next tour, the next tour, the next tour. That was, that's their world mm-hmm. forever. They were talking about the fact that um, how every day you're this, you're doing the same thing. And even if you love it, when I watched it, a part of me did feel a bit sorry for the band. I couldn't. Not in a, I know they love their jobs and stuff, but every day you're performing the same set. Yeah, it's a different crowd. The same set, going and showering, going in the bars, da 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 da. And there's a level of like everyone always says they're so lucky, but you forget that it's still quite mundane. Did you ever feel like that when you were going through the journey with them, seeing that it's like a fixed routine almost? No, it's very hard, and I imagined as well naively that that the one advantage of the bus is that they would live their life on the bus. They'd be there home from home. But actually, what they tend to do. It's like as soon as they wake up, they go into the dressing room. So actually, they're, they're living their life in a kind of anonymous room like this, yeah. at the back of a kind of smelly old sort of hall. You know, that's not a kind of glamorous place to be. But obviously, they have, the band have, that one hour. You know, I think Joel, the drummer, says that they live for that one hour. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And all the, the other 23 hours are all focused for that moment of excitement. And of course, if you've you know, been playing music together for a few years, and then suddenly you have thousands of fans who sort of like worship you. It must be, that, that bit must be exciting. I mean, we all dream about being rock stars. You've got to go and tour with rock stars. Um, was it everything you expected it to be? 
know you had a camera too, Matt. Yeah, well, there was, a, there was a, uh, it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> so when they watched it back and you all had a screening, what was everyone's reactions to all the scenes that they perhaps weren't a part of? I think I, we, we showed it at the film festival, London Film Festival last year, and so the band were there and their friends and that. So I think they liked it. Yeah, look, look. I mean, I, I hope they like it because I think they're a great band. And I think the film shows that you know, as a live band, they're a really great band. And I'm sure I hope, like in 20 years' time, they'll look back on that and be really glad there is that record of them because you know I think we were looking for a band that's like, like you know a reasonably young and we just started out. They just had one album, so there's still that kind of sense that it's exciting. And what's great, I think, for a band like Wolf Alice is they have these thousands of fans, but at the same time they have no, they they're like when they're on the ferry, they just like sleeping rough on the ferry or when they mm. you know, they go out to the pub they're not like they're not insulated from their fans in the way that if you become hugely successful your yeah. kind of world becomes separate they're still like in a way they you know they're very you know the, the gap between them and their fans is tiny you know mm. and uh, so that is I think that's probably the most exciting moment for a band the most enjoyable moment Thanks, Michael. Right, guys, if you want to check out Michael's doc, it's called On the Road. It's dedicated to that early stage, that tour back in 2016, Wolf Alice. Um, It is fascinating to watch. It's currently streaming over on Amazon Prime. Right, next up, she is probably one of the biggest pop stars in the world. Her name is Billie Eilish, as she recently shared her blurry little world over on Apple TV. This is my parents' bed, and I sleep in here because I'm scared of monsters. Today's the day to celebrate. We made this album in a bedroom at our house that we grew up in, so it's really like anything is possible. I'm super excited to talk to you about this documentary because I absolutely loved it. It's from award-winning filmmaker RJ Cutler. It's called Billie Eilish, A Blurry Little World. Um, it shows a deeply intimate look at this incredible musician's journey. At just 17 years old, you see those early stages of her navigating life on the road while writing, recording and releasing her incredible debut album, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go? This process was not easy for Billie, but I'm so glad she allowed herself to be so vulnerable. She truly shows that she is a normal teenager in so many ways, figuring out this thing called life while somehow becoming this pop superstar. It was a lot. I mean, it's a lot to have a camera on you constantly. Um, You know, whether it was the camera crew or like my mom filming me because my mom put in work filming with her phone, as she does. She has so much footage of my life on that phone, I'm telling you. You know, it's 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 great, because it's capturing your life. And especially with this dog, it's like amazing. And, 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 you know, we all feel irrelevant. And it's cool to be kind of validated that your life matters and means something, but it's incredibly intrusive and disturbing. Step on the glass, staple your tongue. Bury a friend, I wanna end me. Again. End me. Nope. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna end me. Boom. I wanna end me. Billie has such a uniquely intimate connection to her millions of fans and the fact Billie is vulnerable and so open about her struggles with mental health. Through the music she writes and performs with her brother Phineas, people really believe her and they feel a sense of being seen and heard. This documentary shares personal private moments recording music and being at home with her parents. You feel a sense of how close they are and how much Billie needs her family around her to stay sane during these incredibly overwhelming times in her life. Also, not many musicians choose to take their mum and dad on tour with them every tour that billy has done a mum and dad have been right there by her side all of these insane things were happening in my life that are you know monumental moments it's just weird that i was having these like these these first few moments of independence while i was also having these enormous moments in my job and it's funny like because of 
the way my life is and I'm fine with it because it is what it is and I'm really happy with my life. It's true that, that I, I am, you know, kind of years and years behind on becoming an adult. You know, I've only gotten gassed by myself twice. I know there's people that are probably thinking, oh, Max, who really cares about putting petrol in their car or gas, as Americans say? I actually think those little things are really important to Billy. And it's really interesting because in this documentary, you get to see those moments captured where she's trying to steal moments where she takes her driving test. Um, she kind of is smitten with this guy who she's messaging and wants to see and he's just being long. And when she gets her first car, she's just like so gassed, just like anybody else. So I completely understand what she's saying when she says, I've only put like gas in my car twice. Yeah, she's winning Grammys, becoming friends with her childhood idol like Justin Bieber. You see moments where he calls her and she meets him at um, Coachella and she's literally freaking out like a little fangirl. But the level of humility this girl has is rare for someone so famous. It is a horrible time to be a teenager. Kids are depressed. I look into the crowd and I see every single person in there is going through something. And I have the same problem. I was like, why don't I turn this into art instead of just living with it. Hey, you guys need to be okay, because y'all are the reason I'm okay, okay? Let me let you go. You have to have faith. You have to do your best. Live your best life. Because what else? I could lie, say I like it like that, like it like that. Having these things that I was never planning on, talking about sharing you know, anybody seeing and like kind of having to just put them away. And the thing was that I really had to just look at it from third person. I, I had to, and it, it was me probably being the most selfless I've ever been, I want to say. And that, I don't know how that sounds, but that's how I feel because when I saw the first cut, I was so excited and I felt seen, but I was also mortified and like terrified and nervous. and. My instinct was to say like, oh my God, I need this, I need this out. Do this and this and this. And I really had to kind of tell myself like, don't be selfish. Let this movie be the movie that it is. And don't, you know, lie about what your life was because this was your life. And again, you know, there's a ton that was going on at the time that isn't in the film. Tons, 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 tons. But also you don't want to have a false narrative, you know? This was my life, like none of it is a lie. Guys, I checked it out on Apple TV, it's called A Blurry Little World, um, and it's really interesting because there is a moment when she does this huge show at Coachella, right? And, and it kind of doesn't go perfectly. She comes off stage, she runs over to her trailer, she sits in there by herself and she's looking for the boyfriend that she invited to come hang with her. And he's got these access or area passes, he's nowhere to be seen. And imagine that moment, yeah, she's just a normal girl thinking, where's my man? Where is he? What's he doing? And she completely forgot that she had this incredible moment Coachella to these thousands and thousands of people watching her. In that moment, she just wanted the guy that she was into to be there to say, well done, babe, I'm proud of you. RJ Cutler has made this documentary and he's done such a great job. And I think it's really cool that Billy gave him complete authority when it came to the edit. So he decided what was going to get heard and seen. I'm driven by curiosity. 
and my curiosity was sparked. I felt strongly that whoever she was, we could capture and the process we could capture. And of course I was, I was so intrigued and excited about the relationship with Phineas and how these two siblings work together and create together and, and what that even is, you know? Um, I was confident that this was a film. Um, you know, she said she felt seen. She felt known, she felt understood in a way that she didn't think that she could have. I owe God to sell my soul Cause I can't say no, no, I can't say no. Sounds pretty horrible. I think it sounds kind of awesome. It's pretty bad. I related to so many things that she was talking about. I was like, yep, been there. Yep, I know how that feels. So this documentary, I think, congratulations to RJ Cutler, also to Billie Eilish, Phineas, the whole family, everybody involved, because the fact that she didn't say, take this out, take this out, take this out, because I think she would have been tempted to, um, as she said herself, just shows like how something so honest can connect on such a high level. So yeah. I'm a fangirl for it. I think you guys should watch it. So definitely check it out. It's on Apple TV. So Whitney was from the hood. Bobby was street. They just had a chemistry that worked for them. Robin loved her, cared for her, was a friend to her. Success doesn't change it. Fame does. Whitney was at the top of the charts. She had seven consecutive number one records. She was everywhere. <laughs> Her favorite saying was, can I be me? I have made all these people happy. Thank you so much. And I still can't be me. So this week, I want to celebrate two things that I adore, music and film. And a lot of times, documentary form allows us to see a whole other side to people that we love musically. We've already checked out Billie Eilish, also Britney Spears, still to come Demi Lovato. Right now, though, she's the one and only, and I think everybody loves at least one of her songs. Even though Whitney had made millions of dollars, had more number ones than the Beatles, and become recognised as having one of the greatest voices of all time, she still wasn't free to just be herself and die tragically at just 48 years old. Director Nick Breenfield made this documentary about one of the world's biggest stars. It's called Can I Be Me? And it blew me away. How would I like to be remembered? You know, it probably doesn't even matter anyway because they're going to remember me how they want to remember me anyway. <laughs> they had a vision for a pop artist. They wanted to present her as the princess. I did not go into the studio wanting to make a pop album. She was closer to her dad. But Whitney had the career that her mother always wanted. Guys, I grew up on her music just like the rest of you, and it was devastating for fans all over the world, especially her family. Made with rare, mostly never seen before footage and exclusive live recordings, Whitney Can I Be Me will have you feeling emotional and also amazed by what this woman went through early on in her career. How she was marketed to a white audience and not allowed to truly be herself. Nick, she was such an icon for so many people. Now, a lot of people have made documentaries about Whitney, so I'm wondering what was your motivation? What was it that you thought you could do? Because I thought Whitney would make a great film. I wasn't a particular fan. Uh, I have become a fan in the course of making the film, but I think often it's a real advantage as a 
documentary filmmaker to not have a particularly vested interest to be kind of so that the film is a report of your discovery and your research when you make the film and Whitney was the first major black crossover artist and what that really means is that in those days there was a black division in a record company and a white division literally an artist would be crossed over to the white division to be acceptable to a big white mass audience and Whitney was the first and she paid a very heavy price for that and the film in many ways is an examination of that too. I mean she hasn't always been represented in the best ways when we watch documentaries or we read features and articles around her. For such an iconic woman with achievements like no other it's it's, it's incredibly sad. A lot of times people focus on Whitney the drug addict, Whitney the woman out of control. Did you have a clear narrative in mind Nick when you wanted to make this doc? I, I don't think I really went into the film thinking anything in particular. Um, I really didn't know that much about Whitney. I hoped I was going to like her. I wasn't sure. I mean, a lot of those films that were made about her immediately after her death were incredibly negative. They were very judgmental. She was portrayed as a kind of diva drug addict. So I was kind of concerned what I was going to think about her. And then partly through the interviews where people loved her so much and the footage that Rudy had shot, I saw this whole other person who was very fun-loving, very funny, had this incredibly infectious laugh, and basically just wanted to have a good time. And you fall in love with that person because she's so amazing. And so I was incredibly pleased when that happened because I wasn't sure what kind of film I was going to make or what I was going to think. Can I be me? Whitney Houston actually died from a broken heart. You gotta know who you are before you step into this business. You probably wind up being somebody that you don't even like. If she were an artist today, she probably would still be here. It's currently showing on the BBC iPlayer. It's called Whitney, Can I Be Me? This is the Flippy Week podcast. I'm Max. Um, for more details, hit the show notes. Guys, it is a total eye-opener. I have to say it's one of the best music documentaries I've ever watched. And I learned so much that I didn't know, as well as celebrating her music. Whitney had this best friend called Robin, who she was so close to from the beginning of her career right to the end. And she was somebody who it was suggested in the documentary that was more than just a friend to Whitney, possibly um, a relationship. They were in love with each other. But this was a whole other side of Whitney that we didn't know about. So the fact that Nick Breenfield uh, managed to dig out and get all this content, um, I think, is incredible. And I highly recommend you guys check it out. Next up, a lady that I've interviewed um, a few times. She has a new docuseries out called Dancing with the Devil on YouTube. Before I talk about it, her name is Demi Lovato. Um, this was a few years ago. Let's reminisce. Let's rewind. One of the many times I got to chat with her, we spoke music and we also spoke about body image. Demi Lovato is here. Thank okay, you. Demi, can we talk your vanity face? Yeah. Um, congratulations. As a, a woman, I can just say when I I've just come back of holiday, and it's the most daunting thing ever to wear a bikini and have the stress of like, oh my god, do I look okay? In this? Totally. Um, but for you to do it, not get airbrushed. And by the way, if 
everybody gets airbrushed even the hottest girls get airbrushed i commend you for doing it because i definitely couldn't do it it feels awesome um you know i've done a lot of photo shoots where i'm showing more skin and um and i and i have had a lot of retouching in those photo shoots it just is a part of it it happens yeah. um and it's sad that like we have to make it a point to do photo shoots where we don't retouch them like that's the world that we live in today but it w it also made it more special that i was I had the opportunity to do such a thing. Um, mm -hmm. I wanted to um, express myself in the most authentic way possible. And I had three rules. Um, it was no clothes, mm -hmm. no makeup, and no retouching. Girls, we're so obsessed with makeup and hair. And I don't know if it's for us or if it's for other girls, because I don't think boys care as much as we care. No, guys, I think they don't like it as much as we do. But when you look back, did you think, oh my God, I actually look pretty good? Yeah, that, you know, especially when you have like the pressures of society and we automatically think yeah. that we're bigger than we are. Mm. And um, at least that's how it's always been for me. And so when I was able to see the pictures, I was like, wow, I actually, I really love what I'm seeing and mm. there doesn't need to be anything that needs to be fixed. I think it's really nice, definitely inspiring because other girls are like, oh, she's rocking it out. I can rock it out. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole goal, you know, to be able to inspire other people, whether it's girls or guys, mm. you know, of all ages, I, I want to inspire and encourage as much as I can. And it means a lot that you just said that. I'm so sorry for that music. <laughs> It wasn't me, it was the producer. Now I produce my own shows. <laughs> that would never happen on my shift. Demi Lovato, one of the many chats that I've had with her. Um, she is somebody that's always full of so much energy, gives big hugs. Her voice is incredible. She's performed live sessions on shows that I posted and I've always been blown away. Um, so this docu-series, Dancing with the Devil, when I heard it was coming, I was intrigued because I already have an interest in her and I like her because she's also been much more transparent over the last few years just about mental health. And even there, you heard her talking to me about, you know, having a photo shoot that wasn't airbrushed. Very few people do that. So this docu-series, guys, Demi truly does not hold back. I'll be fine. I've had so much to say over the past two years, wanting to set the record straight about what it was that happened. FYI, I'm just gonna say it all, and then if we like don't want to use any of it, we can take it out. TMZ reports that the singer was rushed to the hospital unconscious. Law enforcement is stating that she overdosed. She should be dead. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You don't want the true story from me. <laughs> I can't believe y'all are doing this. So you just want to know everything. 
Director Michael D. Ratner, who's become close friends with Demi, was given total access to the star and what led her to this incredibly devastating moment in her life that almost killed her, guys. She talks openly about the traumas, including the death of her dad, who was an addict, seeing her mum abused by him, feeling so much pressure to be this perfect idol, but also told what she should eat, how she should look. Demi is now, thankfully, on a, on a journey of um, physical, emotional and mental healing. This isn't just a look into a pop star's life. It felt like the story of an addict, somebody who felt so lost and alone in some ways that she reached out for drugs and alcohol to numb her pain. The story is also one of recovery and rebirth, which is super important and part of the motivation, I think, for her to make this. I definitely surprised myself when talking about how this path hasn't been squeaky clean how 2018 wasn't the end-all be-all of that journey and um and so I, and I didn't expect to be that honest on camera I knew I was going to talk about um 2018 I knew I was going to talk about 2020 but like I just I didn't know how honest I was going to be with 2019 and I think I really surprised not only myself but my friends too when I decided to be that honest. And that's the main point behind this docu-series is yes, I've done a lot of work on myself, but luckily, you know, I had the courage to just come clean so that I could hold myself accountable. And that's the thing is this whole journey, it's ever evolving. I'm not sitting in front of you claiming to be fixed and to be the poster child for recovery and I'm not that anymore and I don't want to be that. I don't want to take that on. But what I will say is this path that I have taken has helped me so much and um, and I want to share everything with the world so that hopefully it can help others as well. The fact that Michael, the director, was granted so much access is key to this documentary. Now, Michael has recently made a docuseries with Justin Bieber which has been hugely successful on YouTube. I've watched that too and it was really compelling. Now. Justin Bieber's manager, Scooter Braun, also manages um, Demi Lovato now. So I can imagine that this coming about would have felt very organic and also Demi would have had more trust because she knows this is somebody that her manager and other people that he looks after have worked with. So I think that trust was key because um, the process of making this meant that they spent a lot of time together watching footage, deciding yes, no, how they felt about it. And I think part of the reason that it's been split into four is because the subject matters are so tough but also you need time to digest it so having it in four parts means you can sit back and a lot of her audience are young young kids they can actually watch and and talk about it and, and try and come to terms with the stuff that she's saying because i do think that was a big reason that she made this to try and help other people is she alive? People are gasping. Her oxygen levels are dangerously low. I said, what do you mean if she's going to make it? You're watching all of her blood come out of her body into a machine. She was like, I can't, I can't see, I can't see anything. I had three strokes. I had a heart attack. My doctors said that I had five to ten more minutes. Now, more than ever, she's taken hold of that power. I'm rebirthing. I'm starting over. I'm engaged. I've really struggled with this. Are you entirely sober now? I've had a lot of lives. Like, my cat, you know, I'm on my ninth life. I'm ready to get back to doing what I love, which is making music. I'm not living my life for other people, or their headlines, or their Twitter comments.
Lots of you have been commenting online as well. Maria says, the fact that Demi didn't want to go on stage because she'd gained a little bit of weight from stepping out from strict dieting and working out and all her outfits were still sketched on skinny models was really tough to watch. Yeah, that was like a really weird thing, but also just gave us another insight. There's Demi feeling a little bit heavy, which she wasn't. She looked healthy and beautiful. And all of her tour outfits that were being presented to her in sketch form were kind of like drawn on skinny tall models that whose legs are just like going on and on and on and on and I can't I can see why she would have felt like I don't look like that how the hell am I going to wear that Dexter says um you need to understand her struggle and find out the truth um such a strong and beautiful soul so glad that she's still here today Nicholas says it's very hard to watch. It's hard to watch somebody you're a fan of go through what we don't see until it's meant for us to see it. Demi, you are a warrior. You're strong and you are inspirational. You sharing your story is going to help many to know that they are not alone. Thank you so much. I hope you guys enjoyed episode 10. Um, season 2 is the final one before season 3 comes around. Having a little bit of a break, but don't forget you can still connect with me over on my social media. Also the blog, flipyourwig.net. And these interviews and these chats and conversations for the last two seasons they live forever they're on um itunes on the apple podcast they're also on my website and you can also check them out on the acast um website so enjoy them all over again and i will be back soon